0: It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hi, it's Jamie, Progressive's Employee of the Month, two months in a row. Leave a message at the... Out of the timeout. Ingles on a pick and roll. Kicks to Hood in the corner for an 11-point lead. He got it! Utah's up 11 in L.A. 69, 58. You are Locked On Jazz, your daily podcast on the Utah Jazz. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It is Locked On Jazz for Thursday, April 27th with Jazz. Still waiting to get ready for Game 6 as the city revs up. Will it be easy? Oh, no, it won't. We'll break that down, take your questions, and get you ready, a little bit more ready, for Friday's Big Game 6 on the Jazz Radio net Wait, what? What? What just happened? Unlocked on Jazz. Pum bum 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 pow How are you? I'm David Locke. i got to show this. It's absurd out there. It's flat, bona fide winter out there right now. That is winter. It snowed another three inches at our house last night. Uh, that is the life of living up here. All right, hope you're great. Let's get the questions rolling, get you aboard. This is the Facebook Live edition on Thursdays. So glad to have you with us. Uh, big game Friday. Turnaround has been announced. We kind of knew this. One thirty on Sunday if the Jazz are able to win on Friday, which is... Still got a long way to go. My fate, my Twitter mentions is all people talking about the Warriors. Whoa, Nelly, back this baby up. Back this baby way up, because uh, there is still an awful lot of work to be done, and it is going to be anything but easy. But would uh, love to get some of your questions coming in. You guys remember this? Wake up, my coffee cup today. It's interesting. I, was, I got this coffee cup today, and I was thinking, God, that's kind of a big moment. Does anybody remember this story? early in Quinn Snyder's I think it was his first year somebody might be able to tell me otherwise he's coaching and in his maniacal hair back face there, you know uh, hummingbird activity level he the team's not playing well and he runs to the bench and kind of in and screams and they get it right wake up and it might have been symbolic I mean I, I you know this is the reporter in me that that's to some extent, I might go to that being somewhat of a symbolic moment to where the franchise was at the time, and what he was trying to get done with the franchise, and and what he was trying to get them to do, which was to wake up and move past the the complete rebuild of Tyrone Corbin's last year, and and then you know and, and push along even. Uh, further and, and finally we here we are today uh, three years later. There there might be some real symbolism to that wake up moment uh, with with Quinn Snyder. Who knows? I don't know. Thought that was interesting. Uh, anyway, uh, today's show is Thursday shows often are are brought to you by Shamrock Auto Group. Uh, Rob Taylor and Shamrock Auto Group nice enough to uh, support the Locked On. Jazz Podcast, appreciate him, and by SeatGeek. If you're looking for tickets to an upcoming event, eh, I don't know which one we could be talking about, and you uh, want to go, use the promo code LOJAZ on the app SeatGeek under the Settings tab, and you end up with a uh, $20 rebate sent back to you from SeatGeek after your purchase. SeatGeek's pretty great, because SeatGeek compiles all of the tickets from all the store- different locations for you in one spot, which is on your phone. They also give every ticket score... Ticket a ticket score so you can decide which ones are the best value. And then the third thing that SeatGeek does that's so great is that a, they it's all guaranteed. So you're secure with uh, your purchase eight guarantee album. So go ahead, download the SeatGeek app now, then go to the settings tab, enter in the code LOJAZ Once you've done that, then you can look. put You can actually even do some really cool things where you put in ticket uh, Price alerts, if you have an upcoming event you want to go to, you put the price alert in and see, uh, watch the ticket prices. I had a friend who was wondering about this game and what he should do to get tickets and should he wait. And I was like, you know, you wait and we win game five, four and this game, you know, win game five and, and these tickets get even bigger. Your price alert's going to go up. We lose, maybe that price alert goes down for you. So I don't know what he decided, but that's a fun way to do it with Cook. So download the Seagic app and enter in the promo code LO. Jazz. All right, let's uh let's get going. Uh by the way, uh you know, let's get to the really important things here. Jazz win on Jazz win on uh Friday. I get like a week in the Bay Area. That's like my favorite place to go. That's where I grew up. Uh let's see if that let's see if we can get that to happen. That would be kinda cool. Um all right, let's. Uh, pins across the world is where we always start, and they're always fun this time of year. Uh, you can send yours in at dlock09 at gmail.com. That's dlock09 at gmail.com. It's also the address if you want to advertise in the program um, that you should do it. All right, let's go to. Let's see, I think I got him already. Here we go. Uh, put a pin in Sugar House. Well, that's not that hard to do. Uh, I uh, became a jazz fan in the mid-90s. The first thing I ever won was a watermelon from wingers after I guessed a final game, final game score the closest. After Stockton Malone left, I stopped following until I moved to Hong Kong, started listening to your podcast, and felt closer to home. I moved back to Salt Lake and listened every day, bringing my radio to games so that I can keep learning more about the games. Thanks. Appreciate it. Um, oh, he's a voice coach. He's always concerned about my voice during the season. I am too. Um, that show that humming and other quiet, resonant voice exercises after a period of exertion can reduce inflammation the next day. Oh, that'd be great. I could have used it yesterday. You know what else would be good for my voice? Not drinking so much caffeine. Guess what's not going to happen. All right, let's get to it. Uh, I want to take your questions, so please load them up on the Facebook Live uh, edition. Here's—I I I actually re-listened and re-watched the game. You should see, by the way, I should show you. Like, when I re-listen to a game, I'm like, these are all little notes. Like, most of them are telling me that I'm terrible. Other things are checking. It's also why everyone tells me, oh, you don't give the time score. No, I do. Like, I chart it right there. Um, and then reestablish stories. What matters? What's on? Like, it's crazy. <sighs> why? Why was I giving this thing on top of my head uh, or on top of my shoulders? Uh, all right. So, uh Here's some thoughts I have as we move toward Game 6. Big picture thought on this is I do think the Jazz outplayed the Clippers pretty substantially in Game 5. And so I get, well, we're coming home. We're going to have a home crowd. We get the few-point advantage there. I get the feeling that, like, all right, here we go. And at this point, we probably should win the series. There's just no question. That also changes the dynamic a little bit, right? Our guys have never played should winning anything. It would be just incredibly mammoth if they could pull off the win. I just think it's going to be really, really hard. I really do. Uh, and, and what I struck me as I went back and re rewatched that game is how many one plays here and there could have just swung the game. And I'm definitely looking at it from a Jazz fan standpoint of – Oh my gosh, if we don't make that play, and I probably haven't looked at it as much as if Chris Paul doesn't make that play, uh, then we're up 11. There was definitely a few moments of that. But the, the you know, Gordon Hayward, the four plays we talked about with Hayward, the two course court sprints and then the two rebounds, those are big. George Hill penetrating, losing the ball, throwing it back to G and G hitting the three from straight away. I mean, there can be nights where you have just one little less bounce of energy or they have a one little bounce more, and instead of G getting that tip out to Joe Johnson, Bob Mute puts a hip on him and Gordon doesn't get by because their level of focus is just a little higher. I mean, I think part of what's happening here is the Jazz are better and that when you're better than the other team, you they get tired and you get quicker. Um, the, so I think that that's I think there's some element to that that the reason the Jazz are playing better than, you know, the, the reason the Jazz are making these plays is because they're actually better than the Clippers. But, and Gordon's a better athlete than ba, than than Mbamute. And so uh, I think that that's, you know, there's something definitely to, I don't want to dismiss that, but it did strike me that, boy, the margin we're talking about in these games is just so, so, so small. I mean, Really stunningly small, frankly, as I kind of went back and, and rewatched that game. And I did watch it kind of, I watched it with the thought of, I think we're killing these guys. And if a few balls bounce our direction, we should have been up by, you know, big numbers. And there's some element of that. The eight straight missed shots at the end of the first quarter, if two of those go down instead of being, you know, you're up six. And now, on the other end, we got 41 uncontested looks. Um,. And you, we hit about the right amount of them. I guess you could get hot, and we just haven't gotten hot. And uh, I love a little bit of the. I've always loved the way we play. We play this slow down style with a lot of three point shots. And uh, I, I would say that, you know, that I think leads to the nights where we have the Charlotte nights or the Laker nights where we get hot. We're unbeatable uh, on those nights. Uh, and there are certainly, there are certainly two major matchup areas right now where the Clippers don't have an answer. So, um, one is, you know, Bamute has been terrific defensively, except for all of a sudden we're scoring on him. So they've lost that defensive closer. He's definitely their best defensively. but, but, you know, Gordon put 40 on him. Joe put a bunch on him. They've lost that element of taking a guy out of the game. And now we have two of them going. I suspect they're going to start Austin Rivers and then, uh, What's interesting about that, though, is that they're then Bamute is being guarded by our power forward early in the game. We don't care. And their rotation gets whacked out a little bit on that because I think what they really want is Austin Rivers on the floor when Joe Johnson's on the floor. Then Rivers guards Gordon Hayward. And so they may start Raymond Felton, frankly. They may start Raymond Felton, and then Austin Rivers matches Joe Johnson so that then Austin Rivers goes to Gordon Hayward. Bamute goes to uh, Joe Johnson. I, I'm guessing that those are the, the adjustments. What what the Jazz have right now is that they still haven't really figured out how to stop Joe Johnson. Um, they still haven't really figured out how to stop Gordon Hayward. So there's two aspects right now where the Jazz are rolling. Now, we haven't really figured out how to stop the, uh, the pretty awesome play of Chris Paul in the pick and roll. What we have generally is that they just don't have enough firepower without Blake, and so that's... You know, they've had their Jamal Crawford night they've had a JJ Redick night i think it's probably fair to expect they're going to get one of those as well coming up here and and then but that hasn't seemed to be the difference and it's very very hard for them to get both at the same time very very hard uh for them to get both at the same time the the other one i would just so so yeah there are things the other one i would point out is as much as i'm talking about all those open looks this can go either way this can go either way as much as i'm talking about all these open looks and all this the Jazz offensive rating the other night was only a 104.6. That's that's not good. The Jazz for the season... Give me one second. Oh, I do not... Ha- did I print it out? Yeah. Um, game day sheet. Game day sheet. Uh, the Jazz offensive rating for the season is a 107.4. In the series, they're at 107.8. So they're right on. Clippers are actually better. Their Clippers are at 108.1. So the... You know, the Clippers, for all of us talking about their trapping and their double teaming and and those various things they did and how we got thirty six three attempts. We got 41 uncontested looks, which is a huge number. You know, our offensive rating actually wasn't good. It was 104.6, which is a step backwards from where it is. And if you're the Clippers, you could make a pretty strong argument that they figured something out. Uh, we're, we, You don't hear us talking that way. We're pretty optimistic. Everything's pretty optimistic right now. So I guess a little bit of what I'm saying is I think we're a little overly optimistic. Uh, the Jazz offensive rating in the series has been 105, 102, 121, 119, and then a 104.6, 105. So one is at the Staples Center. We've been 105 or lower. At home, we've been 119 or higher. And I do believe you get at home and some of those open looks go. I just – that's the reality of the league. Uh But I guess my – here's my point is all – yes, the matchups still favor the Jazz. The high pick and roll is an issue for the Jazz, though they've done a pretty good job slowing that down. The home court advantage matches up to the Jazz. The personnel match the, – the, it's, still, it's still really slim, right? It's still 96-92, right? It's still watching that game one possession here or there where we made exceptional plays. I, I guess what really, maybe I'm trying to beat around the bush on a little bit, is I think we're playing great. I think we're playing great, great basketball. And if we slip at all, I think it gets really nerve-wracking. And then, it I don't have any idea who's got the psychological edge late. I really don't. You know, if I did my numbers right last night, I, I, I'm going to ask someone to have this checked, but my... Knowledge on Chris Paul is he's one in seven in game sixes in his career. One in seven. Two in five in elimination games. So I don't know what side that goes on for him. I mean, this is a group that was up 2 0 against Memphis in 2013 and lost four straight. In 2014, they're tied 2-2 with Oklahoma City. They blow a 13-point lead in the final four minutes of Game 5, and they led by 16 in Game 6 and lose that and go lose the series four games to two. In 15, they're up 3-1 to the Rockets, blowing a 19-point lead in the final 14 minutes of Game 6 to lose that series. Last year, they're up 2-0. Then Chris Paul, they lose Game 3, and Chris Paul and Blake Griffin are both injured in Game 4 and out for the series, and they lose that series. I mean, this is a, this is a cursed group. And in this year, the story would be that they are, they're up, uh, they're, they're tied one, one and Blake Griffin goes out and it's real. The, the Blake Griffin injury has, is significant. Um, the one other thing that's gone on in this series is that with Joe Johnson on the floor, the jazz have just scored, right? So, um, in game one, The Jazz offensive rating was 113 with Joe Johnson. In Game 2, it was 107. In Game 3, it was 131. In Game 4, it was 132. Last game, it was 93.5. Okay? So that tells you the Clippers have a pretty good answer right now that they actually may have discovered something on how to slow down the Jazz. Right? The Jazz offensive rating was a 105, which was much lower. And Joe, the offensive rating with Joe Johnson on the floor was a 93.5. The, that, that lineup did not work the other night uh, the same way that it has throughout the whole playoff series. So Rodney Hood, the numbers, by the way, with our offense with Rodney Hood on the floor have been great. That's why you saw a little bit more Rodney Hood the other night. Quinn's, Quinn's on top of these things. All right, uh, so that's kind of my feeling is that there's a lot of edges, but there's also just as good an answer that the Clippers should feel that they slowed down the offense, they slowed down the Joe Johnson, they've got Chris Paul. This thing's—I guess my point is this: this like don't let's not worry about the short turnaround to the Warriors yet. Would be kind of my comment on things. Um, sorry, I got to check my phone a little bit today because at 9 a.m. this morning I'm recording a very special podcast. I'm a guest on a podcast that I think um, should be fun. It's kind of nice that I got invited, so I'll tell you about that. Uh, tomorrow. Uh, I never want to jinx it because I've only mentioned once before that I was going to have a guest on a podcast. It was Howard Beck and then my system didn't work. Uh, If you are considering purchasing a car or truck in the next few weeks, please give Shamrock Auto Group a call. They'll save you money, give you a super vehicle. Buying experience will be quick and pleasant. Uh, Just give Rob a call. 801-319-2250. So the story on Shamrock is that Rob Thomas, no, just kidding. Rob Taylor, who's the owner, uh, was going through the car buying experience many years ago and just didn't have a good experience He's a car guy and decided, you know, we can do this better. We can do this. Better. I can give my own personal cell phone out to people on Lock Don Jazz. We can do this better. 801-319-2250. That's, that's, kind of, that's kind of a joke, but it's it's kind of where he sits. They're out in Pleasant Grove, by the way, uh, 2000 West. Um 2000 West is the same road as North County Boulevard, if you've been out there, uh, just off exit 275 in Pleasant Grove. So uh, about 2000 West or North County Boulevard and you, Shamrock Auto Group is what they're, what they're really about is trying to give you a pleasant car buying experience. So it's nearly new uh, cars. Uh, most of them are 6 to 12 months old, 5 to t- 20,000 miles. A lot of the Utah County assault vehicles, right, the Suburbans, the Yukons, the big SUVs, the, the Expeditions, um, and then also a bunch of great sedans. And the other thing is people come from all around the country and uh, all other states to come see Rob and have him get the car for him because he can save him enough money it's worth him to buy back. So out-the-door pricing in five minutes, test drive by yourself, buying experience in under an hour, full service, uh, you can do financing in-house and extended warranties, value-driven Carfax in every car. Hopefully a perfect experience. Go look at the Google reviews of Shamrock Auto Group, and you will see that this is what people are experiencing, and if you're considering buying a car or a truck, you should do it as well. Shamrock Auto Group in Pleasant Grove. Call 801-319-2250. All right, let's get your questions. <laughs> Camera falls. Uh, for those of you just listening on the regular, you're like, what the heck's going on? Uh, all right, going to game six. Can't wait. See more from Austin. Oh, no, that's just telling me. Uh, has George Hill just been cold, or is Chris Paul shutting him down? It would be really nice if he shot better. Um, well, when George Hill scores twenty points or more, we've lost what one? Um, I think we've lost two games all year. One of them is actually in the playoffs. Uh, George is having it. I haven't done my Jazz notes, and I know he was three of twelve the other night. Uh, it's a lot of work, by the way, to guard Chris Paul. Let's let's realize that for a minute. Let's let's give the credit. Understand that part of the difficulty in playing well on days where you're guarding George Hill is that you have to defend, excuse me, you have to, is you have to defend. Also, um, I don't think that George Hill's playing that badly. He's shooting 44% from the field and 38% from three. Th- those are, those are kind of his career numbers. I haven't looked at his career playoff numbers as much as I probably should. Um, but if we look at his Career playoff numbers. Last year, he averaged 14 points a game in the playoffs. This year, he's averaging 16. He shot 56% and 48% last year. It was unbelievable. Year prior, in 19 games, he was 44 and 36. Right now, he's 44 and 38. Year before that, he was 15 points at 40 and 36. He's at 40. I mean, I think this is who he is as a player. He's really good. Uh, and I, I mean, I'm sure that toe is not solved yet. Uh, it wasn't one near the end of the regular season. But I think he's playing. Uh, as well as you can expect going up against the best point guard in the NBA, trying to guard him through every pick imaginable and at the same time run the offense. its And you've seen the ball being put in the hands of numerous guys to try to relieve that burden a little bit. Um, Tyler Schuster cost him 150 bucks to sit in the top row of the upper bowl and it was totally worth it. Austin wants to know if I can unblock him on Twitter. Sure. If you tell me what you did. I mean, I don't block you because like, I felt like it. You earned it fine um i'm sure i can unblock you at some point if i decide to and if you like admit what you whatever you did something like i don't do it by myself here's the text um sorry yes i'm good uh all right um how lucky are we to have Quinn watching a playoff series with his coaching staff has been very interesting to me. We've had great individual play, but I feel like the Clippers are being outcoached. Yeah, I do think Quinn's doing a great job. I get a little reluctant to being outcoached because in that sense, you're criticizing Doc, who's a pretty darn good coach. I think Quinn's done a brilliant job. And, um, the, and so I think that Quinn has more pieces um, of the puzzle – Then, um, sorry, give me one second. Got to get this back to Zach. Uh, We'll do finishing locked on Jazz right now. Okay. Um, Sorry about that, guys. Uh, I think Quinn's been great. He has more to work with than Doc does right now. Like, let's be honest about Doc has Doc had that, that great quote yesterday about he's got to find a way to get the ball out of Chris Paul's hands some because Chris Paul has just gotten tired and been impacted by the game. And there just aren't a lot of two-way players on this roster for Doc right now. J.J. Reddick's a shooter. He's not a ball handler. Uh, the Jazz have uh, a more versatile roster. Quinn uses his players in that fashion. But Doc was quoted, I think it was yesterday, um with a really kind of revealing comment to uh, I have a dilemma without Blake in the first seven minutes, Chris is the only ball handler on the floor and that's too hard. They start out. Well, I thought Chris got tired early and so we're going to have to try to do something about that. Either put a guard in early. I thought Austin's minutes on Hayward were phenomenal. That's why I think Austin's going to match Joe Johnson because then he goes to Hayward and uh, Bamute goes the other way Uh other than that, Luke, it's just Luke, and we don't want to wear him out. So it's tough call for us, but we have to do something there. I think it hurt our offense, the fact that Chris had to bring it up literally every time. So we have to make an adjustment there. What's going on there is they don't have the transition game. Blake was 11 of 11 in the first nine seconds of the shot clock early in the series. They've lost that aspect of things, and now Chris brings it up every single time, makes them a good deal uh, more predictable, and I think it, it – tires him out. So I do think Quinn's doing a great job, but I don't, I get, you understand where I'm going. I'm trying, I don't think it's, I think Doc's a bit limited. So, you know, Dennis is out doing Doc too, right? GMs. Do the Jazz need to have the same game plan or five or do they think they need to adjust? I don't know. I'm going to go to practice today to find out. I've just been, I tell Quinn this all the time. I just cannot thank Quinn enough. And I try to share it with you guys as much as I can without hurting the franchise. I have a front row seat to watch all this happen and it's just been amazing. Just to see everything and late night, co- you know, text exchanges with Quinn on questions if I have and he'll answer them to me. And and just to be able to see the brilliance of this coaching staff, the work ethic of of all of them. I, there's nine coaches, so I don't want to mention who they are, but they're they're all doing incredible work. Quinn's the headliner. And and it's really it's awesome. It's really, truly awesome to see it. So I'm sure we'll adjust in some way. And frankly, I think Quinn's probably aware of the fact that our offense didn't work with Joe the other night. Uh, if GM's held a draft of coaches, where would Quinn go? Hi, but there's great – this coaches. here's the thing about this league. I think that there are just unbelievable coaches. And then there's about five that aren't, and it's abundantly obvious. What are your feelings about Doc comments on Rudy and the Clippers not worried about his impact on Game 4? I think that people really – I think Jazz fans, because I can only speak to you uh, as a collective body because I'm living with you right now, are really hyper – sensitively strange right now. Chris Paul complimented you and Doc Rivers made a reasonable comment and everybody went beep beep crazy or ape beep crazy. I guess ape's not to be. Like I don't get it. Doc Chris Paul was complimenting people and everyone freaked out and then Doc Rivers was saying, "We don't change what we do offensively systematically because of because of Rudy, we we are who we are. They're the number 2 offense in the league or 3." And and then but he said that defensively it actually impacts us more, which is really true because they like to play DeAndre Jordan op. And so he gets behind him like what Doc said was just true. And the fact that people had a problem with it one honestly it was just total basketball ignorance and two it was just some weird hypersensitive freak show that's going on in the playoffs by our fan base right now. Uh or at least an active vocal minority on Twitter. It's really strange because what Doc said is true. And it's actually the first person who's commented on the incredible offensive value of Rudy, which frankly is what we've all been sitting around talking about for three months and nobody's agreed with us. And then finally somebody does and everybody's like, ah! All right, I get it. It's angst to the playoffs. But really, for a very, maybe the most intelligent basketball fan base in the NBA, it's been a weird week to me. Um, I think it would be fun doing during the off season to do the piece for each team that has won the championship and the pace of the team they played. Okay. Uh, Why is Chris Paul able to get to his spot so often? Is it us, or is he that good? Uh, He's the best point guard in the NBA, the best point guard since Jason Kidd, who was the best point guard since John Stockton, who was the best point, right? Like, he's historically great first ballot Hall of Famer, awesome. Guys, on the Doc Rivers Hayward-Haywood thing, it, it might be a dialect issue. I can't imagine that Doc doesn't know. What I would be curious to know is listen to Doc Rivers on other words that have an R, and see how he pronounces it. Because it's not like he doesn't know. So it might just be how he pronounces R's. Heck, there's a play-by-play call for me the other night where I was going fast enough, my R dropped, and it sounded like Hayward. So maybe he drops his R. Right? But on one of my calls the other night, if you listen, I obviously know his name, I'm going fast enough that I drop the R, and you, it sounds like sounds uh, Instead of hey word, it sounds like heywood Uh, What would you say to someone who thinks stats aren't important or don't mean anything to prove them otherwise? I'd move on. Uh, What impact do you think Austin Rivers will have on the gift? I think Austin Rivers is big. I think he changes who the Clippers are. I think it's why our defense was a 93.5 when Joe Johnson was on the floor the other night. Uh, I think he gave them an answer to some things. I think he'll be better offensively. I think the game was fast for him the other night, having not played in a month. He'll be much better. It's why I think this thing is far from done. I, I. I think this thing is far from done. I, I think game six is gonna be Woo Nelly. Hard. Um Damon's curious why the Warriors won't play the Grizz if we if they beat the Spurs. Well they won't beat the Spurs, but that's not how the NBA does it. We bracket it. We don't re we don't do it like the NFL. We don't re we don't reseed. Um Curious why you blocked me on Twitter. Well then that eliminates your chances of being unblocked if you don't know why I blocked you on Twitter. I don't block you because I felt like it. You either criticized, if you criticize me, you're probably fine, unless you got really personal. That's really the last thing I ever do. You probably complained about a player who was injured, claiming that he was soft for not playing, or you said something nasty about the coaching staff, and um, and so then I would, and I and I get pretty defensive of those guys because they're busting their ass. I cannot introduce you to Joe Ingles, Matt. I've decided that's just not going to happen. I'm sorry. My friends aren't familiar with the Jazz. They talk about Joe Ingles is not very good. Can we expect the rest of the league to believe that in the off season? I think you should get new friends. Uh, Evan, as p- far as backup point guard position goes, it seems Neto has become the backup at the moment. Is Quinn just going to go with this hand at this position? Yes. I think Neto had earned that spot and then sprained the ankle and then great work by some medical people to get his ankle back quite quickly, by the way. Um, and he was able – and so he's able to um, – so he's going now as the backup. There are certain setups. Shelvin Mack has a ability to go one-on-one and break people down and get into the paint and get that right-hand shot that if our offense has died down, he has some value. Uh, and I, I wouldn't be surprised if we don't see it as the series continues. Uh, which is more heavily weighted in terms of un- immeasurable? The Clippers fighting for their playoff lives or a young Jazz team fighting to close out? I think both those are edges to the Clippers. George Hill, Joe Johnson, and Boris Diel get very important here. One of the prep notes I was looking at last night was how many series each of those guys have won. Because of the rest of our roster, and Shelvin Mack has won a few. The rest of them have never won a series. Who's the best Ash Chalker in the series? Maybe Gordon Hayward with that bomb he dropped on Chris Paul. The total score of the series is 495 to 495. That is true. Is Hill okay? He doesn't look like he's 100%. Um, I think he's he's pretty good. Um, There's something. I agree a little bit. Um... I think exactly what you're talking about happened in game three, but went for the Clippers. Um, yeah, I mean, and then we're, Chris Paul's final five minutes is going to be like something you've never seen before. Chris Paul's final five minutes in game six, and this game is close, is going to be one of the most unbelievable things, and he's going to pull out every trick he has, whether nasty or not, to try to win this game. That, that's who he is. Uh, do you know how Rodney Hood and Derek Favors' knees are holding up? They're usually played, and towards the end of the regular season, they're feeling better. I mean, I think they're playoffs. I mean, Derek says it best every time you ask him. It's playoffs. I'm fine. I think that's where they are. I thought both of them look laboring at times. I got two days off here. Hopefully, they're good. Um, I love when Neto, Ekstrom, and Ingles were in together. Who? You like horror movies? Uh, the game five was amazing. Hayward is staying. What do you think? I hope so. I, you know, I haven't really thought about a lot. There's nothing the organ. Here's what I think. The organization has done everything it can to put him in a position to stay. If he leaves, he's got the right to do it. But they're. There's no blame if he leaves. The organization, um, after a few rocky years to start with him, I mean, frankly, if he leaves, it means the, the scars of the early years are so significant that he had decided he was leaving because what's been done in the last few years for him is fabulous. All right, we're going for two more minutes. Uh, I saw a lot of lost dribbles early in the game. Not sure if there was something going on there. I, I thought the guys were tired. Uh, I know Matt Harpering said no one gets tired in a round table and... Um, I, I thought the physical exertion of these games wore guys out, and I think the game six will be played brilliantly on both sides. I thought DeAndre Jordan was a step slow in game five and in game four, actually. Uh, and you're asking a big guy at seven feet tall to play 40 minutes a night. I think the two days rest is probably the single player impacted the most will be DeAndre Jordan the second, Joe Johnson. Uh, do you think these games would be blowouts if, quit, if we quit taking and bricking so many threes? No, I think the more threes we take, the better chance we have to win. Uh, Exum and Neto look like they gave replaced Neto in the starting lineup. Thoughts? Don't understand that. Uh, How well do you think Favors will perform in Game 6? I think he'll give every ounce of everything he has. That's what he's done all playoffs. That's what he's done most of the season. He's certainly limited, but he's done great. Um, uh, Help me get to Game 6. Chances, Matt, of you getting to Game 6 on my ticket are the same as me getting you to meet Joe Ingles. I'm sorry. The only reason the Clippers were in Game 5 was because we shot below average from 3. I don't think that's true. Didn't we shoot 36% from 3? Yeah, all right. So for the season, we shot 37.2. We did not shoot below average from 3. We shot 36%. If Austin Rivers comes back less rusty and more healthy, how effect uh, does that have on Game 6? I think it's huge. I, I think this. I think the edge health-wise is going back toward the Clippers. We're still better than they are because they don't have Blake, but it's going back toward the Clippers. Uh, not sure clips figured us out we got a lot of open looks in game five I expect more we we did get an, a lot of open looks guys but we made we're only focusing on the ones we lo- missed so for like my point on this is that that you know we made like three or four in a row at some point we're not thinking about those every one of these is not supposed to go in so the jazz on uncontested looks the other night were 22 of 41 that's 54 percent you're not gonna be better than that I mean, you might be for like a night, but not generally. So, like Boris Diaw made three of four open looks. He hasn't done that all year. I I don't think, you know, Joe Johnson was four of five. Rodney Hood was four of nine. Like that, Gordon Hayward was six of ten. That's what these guys do. We did miss a – we got a lot of open looks. But open looks don't always go down. Um, I'm listening to you in Thailand. True fans never take a vacation, Derek. I love it. All right. On that note, I think we're going to wrap this baby up because um, I got to go. Good morning, Shannon Ryan, high school friends. Bay. Area, hey, Shannon. I don't think you're still listening. But if we win, drinks in New York, drinks in San Francisco, or lunch, or coffee, or whatever, or me, you, and Liz can go to the bakery. Uh, all right. Awesome. Uh, let's go, Jazz. Get me the Bay Area for the weekend. Oh, let's go. All right.